0: So Starfield.
1: Um. Mm. Uh, uh, so okay, so I should just say up front I started it last night. You did start. Okay, that's good. I started. I played for like forty minutes okay. last night. Um, on a setup that I guess i'll talk about later yeah um so i am extremely fresh to starfield the thing is um i am now relaxing after publishing my ios 17 review Yep. i thought i was gonna relax last weekend but i had some unfinished tasks to take care of and that's why my gaming time has started now Mm -hmm. and i think i'm gonna play a lot this weekend but at the very least i started the game and i saw how it looks but i want to know from you mike
0: I've played about 10 hours, and okay. I, would have,
1: I would have played more,
0: but it was kind of split up by going out to uh, Memphis for our St. Jude fundraiser, by the way. You can still donate. Go to stjude.org slash relay, and you can join us in the fight against childhood cancer. Um, thank you to everybody that has donated. There's still time to donate when you're hearing this, uh, If as long as it's before the first week of October ends. Um, and so I was putting in quite a few hours. Like I, I started. I, I bought the, um, I got the like the the play it a few days early thing because I wanted okay. to do it for a stream. So, um, I paid the extra, got it a few days early, and then I was playing it for like a couple of weeks before leaving. And my feelings about Starfield are, are, have become more complicated. The since I haven't played it, like. When I started playing the game, I had that like urge to play the game. You know, like I kept wanting to play it. I even installed, did like the weird thing that you need to do to get Game Pass to work on your Steam Deck. Like, where you've got to like go into the Linux desktop and do the whole thing and go into the terminal. Like, I did the whole thing. Uh, Which, by the way, there's like an error in Microsoft's official documentation. Like the official, there's like a space that's left in one of the terminal commands. That means it won't work. And like if you Google that it doesn't work, you just see tons of Reddit threads where everyone's just saying just remove the space. And I just don't understand how this could have been wrong and continues to be wrong. Like get it together, Microsoft. (laughs) Like like you have official documentation for how to get Game Pass games on the Steam Deck, like to play in the cloud, like you're playing like the cloud streaming. But it doesn't. They don't work anyway. Super weird. But I did it just because I wanted to play it at home a little bit, and it was a fine experience. But ultimately, I wanted to play it on. I've been playing it on my gaming PC. I haven't played it on Xbox at all. And when I started playing the game, I was very intrigued by the story, and I still am. I also know how the game ends because oh, I was you do. Uh, I watched a kind of spoilery video because I figured that it would do for me what it did do, which is like knowing how the story ends makes me want to finish the story because it's very intriguing.
1: Okay. Um,
0: the game is compelling to me in the way that any Bethesda game is compelling. There's tons to do and there's very strong RPG vibes. Like I was playing a bunch of the main story. I did this like really cool quest where I got this incredible ship and suit Uh, which I won't spoil, but it's a very cool quest. And now like I've been doing a bunch of main quests until I get to the neon planet Neon, which looks like Cyberpunk style. Okay. And I've been doing some corporate espionage, like side quests on Neon, Mm. which is just super interesting because it's just like different types of things to do in the game in that Bethesda RPG way, right? Like you can go do these long side quest chains, which are like a completely different type of approach for what the game is and the stories there are pretty interesting too. And I find the game very compelling for that. I think it looks really good, mostly. Like it's, again, has Bethesda in it, right? Where Mm. like sometimes you're talking to people and they just like do something weird. I've had like a bug a couple of times where I walk into a spaceship and there's people on spaceships and they go into a room and someone just starts floating through the ceiling. Like they just keep sure. going. I mean, that's uh, I've had a, that happen a couple of times.
1: Zero-G, that's, that's
0: yeah. what it does. Ah, that's yeah. what it is, but what, what? how do you explain the going through the ceiling part? Is that also part of Zero-G?
1: Don't worry about it. Ah, it's
0: just space to <laughs> space thing. But like, again, like for a Bethesda game, you know, it, they these games are usually full of bugs and mine hasn't been yeah. really, like I've had like a couple of things. The game is also flawed in a bunch of ways that are frustrating to me like there are no maps when you're on planets uh traveling on planets is all on foot like you cannot fly a ship
1: on a planet so so hold on there are no maps on on planets when you're
0: on a planet there is no map of that planet like you can't find like where is this thing you have to just find it to just find it yeah like just walk like if you want to know where the gun shop is on a planet You have to find it and remember. There is no, huh. there are no maps. There's no like mini maps. None of it, which is very okay. strange. Um, tons of menus. The inventory management is a nightmare. And like this is, I have so com- so conflicted about this game because like it is flawed in many ways, but I, f- I have found it very compelling, and I want to play more of it. Now I have moved on to another game now for a reason I'll get to in a minute. But I think Starfield is a very very interesting video game. I think that I love the setting. I like the characters a lot. I like the story. I like the combat. Like I think like the 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 shoot mechanics are way better for me than any other Bethesda game that I've played. And that's a great thing for me because I've never enjoyed combat in Bethesda RPGs. But in Starfield, like I'm having a good time with that. There are some wild weapons that I've come across. There is incredible amounts of customization. Um, like there are so many good elements in this game that I can imagine wanting. Well, no, I can imagine I'm going to put tens and tens of more hours into it. Like I'm go- I will probably come back to it a little bit later on in the year because I have not had a bad time with it. Which is like, this is the thing that I'm so conflicted on because there are so many things about this game that are weird or broken or janky in the way that they are. And even in like decisions made, right? Like, I actually disagree with decisions more than issues. Like, the Such way as? that they, the map stuff, traveling on planets, and inventory management. These are three things that drive me mad in the game, but they were clearly decisions that Bethesda made. They're not like inherent issues with the game or like for example it's basically what is incredibly infeasible to travel between planets on your ship you have to just go into a menu set a waypoint of fast travel to it I believe you can fly because I I saw a YouTuber they like flew from one planet to another and it took them 8 hours (laughs) like in their ship and so like there's lots and lots of menus in the game like if you are on a planet and you want to go somewhere else, you open up a menu, you select the planet, you press travel to it and you go to it. Then you are outside the planet and you open another menu to choose where you want to land on the planet and then you land. Like, it's not like No Man's Sky where like you're in space and you just go fly and land, which that right. is a disappointment to me that like, there are like, it's like two or three different games and there are menus in between them. Right? Mm. Where like, You're on the ground and you're in space, but there's no linking between those two things. Like there's there's menu choices that happen in between, so it's like stuff like that where I disagree with some of the decisions that they made, but I think that the core of the game, the story, the minute to minute stuff, the role playing of it is like so good, and like there are so many comparisons to No Man's Sky, right? And I actually think for me, well. I can't compare No Man's Sky today because I haven't played it in years. But there is this weird thing for with Starfield and No Man's Sky for me, where like if you took both of these games <laughs> at their launch and smushed them together, perfect video game.
1: They should have a baby. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, laughs> <Should because> have...
0: <laughs> what I felt was missing from No Man's Sky was the story, which and like the 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 like minute to minute stuff and like the world's feeling real and starfield has all of that the best parts of no man's sky was like flying around and leaving planets and flying to other planets and starfield doesn't have that and so like i don't know what the future is for starfield i don't know what they might want to add like i know they're doing doc maybe i really hope they at least give you some kind of like non-walking traversal option for planets like so you could actually go out and explore
1: this part is wild that you, you can yeah. just, I saw maybe that you can have like a, like a booster pack or something like, like and you it, get a jet pack, but it's only like to a help jet, you yeah. like jump. You don't fly around with it. You don't fly. Oh. At least
0: I haven't found a way to do that. That's not what I've come across yet.
1: That's very strange, especially Mm. in a post Breath of the Wild world. I'm not even mentioning Tears of the Kingdom, but like post Breath of the Wild, not to have multiple traversal options. Look, this is the thing though. This is Bethesda. Like,
0: I don't think Bethesda know, like, care about or develop their RPGs based on anything else that's happening in any other RPG. Yeah,
1: I mean, sure.
0: Like, they make their thing, right? Which is again, like I've heard criticism about the fact that, like, they need to get away from their engine. Yeah. So yeah. that, because, like, you do feel like a lot of the time that you're kind of within their constraint and you're like bumping into it in that way. But th- this is like this I've, I have this conflict with the game because I've, I do find it very compelling in spite of itself at times, you know? Like, I think it is a very good game. The reason I have that I am not that I am—I've just started Baldur's Gate three, right?
1: Oh, oh, what? Yes, you? yes, me. Because the anti-RPG person.
0: <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's a—it's actually it's it's Dungeons and Dragons, which I've played and enjoyed, mm. right? Like that's the but kind the, of mechanic.
1: I don't know, historically, I, I would say, I wouldn't have described you as a. Baldur's Gate person? No, neither would I, and I would not touch this game. Um, the thing
0: for me with Baldur's Gate is, it is what people thought Starfield was going to be, which is the only legitimate contender for Game of the Year other than Zelda. So seriously. far, seriously, right? Like, mm. like the, in all the conversations that I'm hearing from most outlets, Game of the Year is coming down to. Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate 3. And so I want to experience Baldur's Gate 3 because it's being spoken about so highly, critically. I have played like an hour of it. I'm very much like in tutorial land. I already died, which is hilarious. I feel like you probably shouldn't die at this point in the game, but I did. And it's because in all of the podcast conversations that I've been hearing people talk about Starfield, everybody's comparing it to Baldur's Gate of like, Starfield is this way. Baldur's Gate does it better. Or, you know, I'm hearing a lot of that. And so I want to experience Baldur's Gate and kind of get a sense of this game. Because like, again, it's like, like Tears of the Kingdom, I've been seeing a lot of people in the the media and developers talk about Baldur's Gate of like, how, how, how has someone, how have they made this video game? right? I'm sure you two have probably seen this kind of conversation, right? Especially you, especially Shahid, right? Like, if, there's been a lot of conversation about, like, how on earth did a team create Baldur's Escape from a complexity level?
2: Yeah, but I'm, I'm definitely ruined by the A&R man syndrome in that I nearly always know how they've made it. Yeah, And it, it nearly always boils down to an absolutely obscene amount of work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's time, money, Effort, all that kind of stuff, but like and ingenuity, yeah. So I want to, I want to experience it, and I, I don't, I don't have any, I have zero uh, uh, impressions so far because I have literally played, and I'm in the tutorial still. But the, it was more just to say that like that is why I have put Starfield on hold, but, and it's basically because I'm looking at the rest of my year. This is the only time that I could probably conceivably play another video game just to try it. Because I've got, what well, we've got Spider-Man, Super Mario Wonder, still coming later yeah. on this year. Like, that's going to tie up probably the majority of the rest of my year. I haven't even looked at the Pokemon DLCs. Um, Me neither. But So I wanted to get some time in my Baldur's Gate. I hope to have more to say about it later. Um, but I I've enjoyed the hour that I've played so far, even though it is quite complex and confusing. But I'm hoping that the game will uh, open itself up to me and, and help explain some of that stuff.
1: So would you be able to? So I've never played, I've never played a sort of Western style RPG. I've always been like a JRPG person mm-hmm. myself. Would from what you've seen so far, which I understand is little, but also from what you've heard. What makes this game special? Like, I mean, like right now, I may easily decide to invest my time. Okay, I just started Starfield, but I may also just start Baldur's Gate, right? Okay. What do you think makes Baldur's Gate special? Well, so I think from a what-it-is
0: perspective, uh, the way I've heard it categorized is a CRPG, which is computer role-playing game, which is an RPG in the sense of like a tabletop RPG where there's dice, Right, okay, and there are things that happen in this game where you want to do a thing, but you have to roll a dice, and you have to get a number high enough and there is something about the chance aspect of that, which is very fun to me, because it has already led to some chaotic moments for me where like I wanted to do something that seemed quite simple, and I'd roll the dice and I failed the dice. And then could not do the thing that I wanted to do. And now I just have to live with the consequences of that action. Do you literally roll a dice? In yes, the game? there's a the dice pops up, you click it. You have a number that you have to beat. You also have modifiers. So like depending on how you spec your character, so you might get plus like plus one, plus two on the dice roll. Depending on what you're rolling the dice for. You roll the dice, you get the answer. And then you need to just live with the consequences, right? Like if you rolled it and you you achieve your action, great. But if you didn't, that's it. Like I had a thing I could, I as a person could see what I needed to do with it, right? I rolled the dice for it because it was a complicated thing. I failed the dice roll, and so I just had to watch my character just like break this thing, <laughs> and then it's like that's it. And one of the fun things about this video game, because it is like D and D style, there is a narrator okay so like as you're doing these things the narrator is like you approached this item you failed the item <laughs> like it's like a very like the, the narrator is very kind of tongue-in-cheek in a way and it's like explaining the things that you're doing it's real. it is basically so this game is essentially dungeons and dragons video game and i find that to be very f- weird and fun the interactions that you have with other characters are really interesting. The writing is very good and very like detailed. And the, this is one of my things about Starfield. You have companions, right? And the companions in Starfield they don't really have a lot to say most of the time. But in Baldur's Gate, they're talking all the time, and it's interesting stuff. Like again, I've only played like an hour and a half of this game or whatever.
1: So, so help me understand a couple more yeah. things. Um, is there a main story? Yes. Okay. And you're in it immediately.
0: Like it, you, okay. There's like a main quest where like you okay. have to undo a thing that has happened to you and a couple of other people.
1: Okay. And what's the
0: combat like? It's turn-based combat. Turn-based? Yeah. Again, mm. it's Dungeons & Dragons. Combat begins... Yeah, I've never played Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, it's okay. So. Combat begins... Everybody rolls dice. That's done it automatically for you, and that dictates the order of who's going to take their turns. You get an action and a you get like a main action and a... These aren't the exact words, but you get like a main action and a mini action. The main action could be an attack. The mini action can be moving. Or you can also cast spells if that's what your character does. And you have an amount of spells at each level that you're allowed to cast in each turn. You can rest in the game after battles, which will refill some of this stuff, including your health. Like It is like full-on tabletop RPG rules inside of a video game. So like everyone... Takes their turn to do their action. You control the actions of everybody in your party, so you can okay. choose what they do. Because you 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 can be in a party at the moment. I have two people in my party. We're all off together on this adventure. And you know, you and the enemies will take a turn each to do a thing. You know, maybe you'll move. If you move really far, that's your entire action. You've got to move on. Like it's all very like turn based. I've heard people say this game is a. Works best with keyboard and mouse because it is like you are clicking where you want to go, but you can also play with a controller and move around. But then apparently, to I haven't played it on a controller, but to to do a lot of actions, they're all on wheels, like like wheels that you're choosing from in the UI. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'll have more to say about this game later. But I'm really intrigued by it because I've never played a video game like this before, where like. I feel like I played a game like Starfield before. But like just from a basic perspective, the mechanics of Baldur's Gate three, I have never played a game like this. And That's so it's weird and, and fun and well, okay.
1: As you were talking, you convinced me I went on Steam and bought yeah, Baldur's
0: Gate three. I I'll, I'll be fascinated. Like you would maybe have had more experience
1: with some of these things than me, like turn based rpgs right turn-based yes but never but like what you just described yeah. like i've never played D. like i never played life. i don't in my think life. you
0: need to have to like the okay, game explains to you what it's doing right like it, it, it in the story it's like hey you know there are things that you have to do sometimes they're complicated you need to roll the dice to be able to achieve them and, and i really like the chaos in a video game that that can bring like there was a guy who attacked me with a knife and I had to roll a dice to get away. And I did. But if I didn't, what do you have just stabbed me? Like, I don't know what yeah. would have happened, you know? But, like, it was just the fact that I was able to roll a 15 when I needed a 10. And that meant I could achieve what I wanted. And that's, like, so much more fun than a quick time event. Because the quick time event, I'll just do
1: it, right? But yeah. the dice roll, like, what could happen, you know? So, so, th- so I assume that that also means that if certain things happen in the game and there's no way to take it back, it sort of lends itself to being a game that you can replay later to see how things may go differently.
0: Yeah, I I don't know the exacts to this, but I've heard there's like thousands of endings, like thousands of possible endings of the game. (laughs) Okay. Because of the chains that you can go through. And like, you can do, like there are like main characters, you can just like have them do a different, you can just assign them to be different skills and stuff like that it's, this game is wild I, I feel like I need to put tens and tens of hours into it to fully understand it but i am given myself that task over October before Spider-Man alright alright well. That's enough of me. Let's take a quick break and I want to hear what you two have been up to. This episode is brought to you by Factor. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and it can help you fuel up fast with chef prepared dietitian dietician-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. With Factor, you're able to skip the extra trip to the grocery store. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes and you have more than 34 flavor packed options to choose from every week. I find this to be so awesome. I really struggle when it comes to having lunch at work. I don't wanna keep ordering out but I also wanna have something that tastes good. Being able to have meals that are ready in just a couple of minutes That is fantastic. Just put them in the microwave and I'm ready to go. And if you're a fancy boy like me, you can level up with gourmet plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. So you can treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter and asparagus. Plus, you can keep your energy up with lunch to go. Factors, effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers. No microwave required. Then, to finish your order, choose from 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and smoothies. Sounds delicious. You can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice because Factor offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door, along with sourcing renewable electricity and featuring sustainably sourced seafood. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered direct to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to FactorMeals.com/Remaster50 and use the code Remaster50 to get—you guessed it—50% off your first box. That's the code Remaster50 at FactorMeals.com/Remaster50 for 50% off your first box. A thanks to Factor for the support of this show and Relay FM. Jayad, did you play Starfield yet? I did. I did.
2: And I've played for about two hours. Okay. Nowhere near as long as you. But again, you know me. I've got the cynicism of an A&R man. Mm -hmm. And I was looking forward to it. I really was. I mean, you remember it was... Yeah, it was one of the games I was most looking forward to. I think we did a show last year. Games we're most looking forward to. And Starfield, I was really excited about, even though... In my heart of hearts, I knew it's going to be a Bethesda game. Now, that's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, you either like Bethesda games and play them a lot, or you don't. Mm -hmm. I respect Bethesda games, but I got the feeling that this would be something slightly different. And I was wrong. And that's my fault. You know, I got my expectations too high. But the other thing that I didn't like was... It doesn't feel like an open-world RPG to me. It feels like it's connected room to
0: room. Yeah, oh, that's such a perfect way of explaining what I was saying about menus. Yes, it does have that feeling.
2: So, uh, I mean, yes, you could do the open-world thing if you wanted to. And the first time I landed on a planet, I wasted 15 minutes walking. And it's only when I'd been walking about seven, eight minutes that I realised... I didn't have a clue where I was. I didn't have a clue where I was going. There was no hint about what I was supposed to be doing or where I should be going. So I thought, oh, I'm going to have to manually, through memory, trace my route back to my ship and then find some high ground and look for something that might be some landmark that indicates the place I need to go to. So that's what I did, which, you know, which was kind of interesting in a way, because That did feel a bit open-worldly, but also very empty and very lonely. I didn't feel like if I went in this direction, I'd find something interesting. If I went in the other direction, I'd find something else interesting. And that's the biggest difference in terms of the whole room-to-room approach compared with something like a Zelda game, right? With a Zelda game, no matter where you go, there's going to be something interesting.
0: It depends on what your taste is, right? Because the way that you described that and the way that I have as well, like... And there is, I mean, I don't know if you saw, but there is a way to, you can use the scanner to see where your ship is, like, Mm. so you can get that. But, like, that idea of, I'm landing in a place, I've never been here before, and I want to find what it has in this town, and, like, understand, like, that is a version of, that is role-playing, right? Like, you are that guy, like, realistically. Yeah you would not know where to go if you landed on a planet because you haven't been there before. right? So why would you have a map, right? Yeah, that's why I was ambivalent
2: about yep. it. But here's the thing. Once you've found a place, surely there should be some kind of map. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah? the thing. There should be. So yes. that, that was the thing. I mean, I, they'll probably do that at some point. So as I say, I was a little bit ambivalent about that. On the On the plus side, yes, it created that sense of, oh, I better be careful, I'm on this planet, I haven't a clue where I am or what I'm looking for. But then, at the same time, you're thinking, yeah, but, you know, I'm ancient, and I really do need to save some time, otherwise I'm never going going to find out all that this game holds in store for me. I did find the the menu diving really tedious, and that's not a fault of the game. That's just how games are these days. Because They have to provide an incredible amount of depth, otherwise gamers get upset, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to do a trillion things. And what's the best way of organizing menus? No one really knows. You've got to kind of wrap your mind around the mindset of the menu designer for that game. And frankly, I, I don't know if I can... <laughs> I can, but the game has to offer so much... For me to want to persevere with learning the way that a designer set out the menus, it was okay. I mean, it's manageable. Don't get me wrong; it's not terrible. It's just a lot of it because there's so much stuff. Again, not a criticism of the game, just my mismatched expectations. Well, I mean,
0: I I will I will lobby a, a, a criticism of the game, which is like you do have to spend a lot of time managing your inventory because they don't allow you to carry a lot of stuff on you, mm. and, and you have to deal with that. And and I think they call it incumbent, encumbrance, something like that. I, I'm, I'm not doing a good job of saying the word, but like you have an amount of weight that you can carry, and then once oh, you sort hit of that, l-
1: like in Death Stranding, basically,
0: yeah, I guess, uh, yes. Uh, and then once you've hit that, you start to slow down, and then you start using up more oxygen, and like you have to do something with the inventory. You can store stuff on your ship and stuff like that, but it's like this is not fun. Like, mm. it is not fun to like oh now i have too much stuff on me let me go deal with all the stuff i have like especially when like all like all Bethesda games they encourage you to pick up everything yeah so it's a weird so like you yeah. do end up spending too much time in those menus i think because you're trying to deal with the other decisions that they've made you know
2: yeah i, I mean it's it's interesting but i think what it is, is a mismatch between what i think should be computery and what i think should be realistic so Mm -hmm. something like that for example is a good a good case of well we want to be realistic about how much human being can carry and we want to kind of simulate the oxygen load on carrying a huge amount of weight and that'd be a nice thing to simulate whereas actually if you're playing an rpg you really don't want to be encumbered by that Uh, and then on the other hand you've got Well, what is it that I love most about space games? Well, landing on planets and taking off from them. The wonder of going through a cloud layer and not having a clue what's going to be down there. And missing out on all that because I now have to press a button to do the stuff that I love the most about No Man's Sky and loads of other space games. And that's fine. That's a design choice. But I feel like I would rather have had the realism there than in the inventories. But I understand completely why they've done it that way. And again, not a criticism of the game, just a mismatch. So it's... That's the thing for me with Starfield. I feel like there is a really great game under there. I did enjoy the characterization. I, I loved the intro, really enjoyed that. Um, but I think it's not for me, and I think it is for loads of other people. And I'd, I'd lie to you if I said that I'm going to go back and and explore the depths of it, because there's just too many other games for me to do that yeah. with. And, and in a way, you know, Game Pass has kind of spoiled me because I did the whole uh, preload thing, so I was good to go on day one. And, and then it, just as it's really easy to get hold of with Game Pass, it's just as easy to go, you know what, I'll just play something else now. So I feel a little bit sad.
0: Yeah, you're, you're, you're more able to just give up on it because it didn't cost you anything. Yeah, I'm
2: in less theory, invested. Right? Yeah, I'm less invested. Though, that said, I was really keen I was willing it, willing to give it absolutely every chance, and it just in the end it just seemed a little silly. I mean, there's stuff like, for example, yeah, you can land on a planet with a button press, but then you go into one of the sections inside a building, and then you go through another section. There's a loading delay. Like seriously, mm. I'm already inside. How much do you need to load? And it just felt like loads of huge rooms separated by <laughs> these tiny travel portals. Right, yeah, right, yeah. and that's possibly a limitation of their engine. So I don't want to say too much more about it. I'm not gonna judge the game. I'm just gonna say I feel sad that it wasn't the game that I'd wanted it to be, but I'm not surprised it turned into that game.
0: You've been playing another RPG that you have been having a good time with, though, right? I have. I um
2: I installed the update to Cyberpunk, the 2.0. Nice. Nice. And uh I did that on my Dell XPS, my trusty three year old pc i think it's got a what's it got a 2060 in there so it's okay you know it's not great oh the other thing i should tell you is did i tell you i smashed my ultra wide lg monitor (laughs) no how do you do Uh, that okay so i had it mounted above my really fancy herman miller zebrawood desk i hadn't mounted it very securely I had somebody come in to put some mounts on the wall so I could put my speakers up so I could have a completely clear desk, desk. So now I've got this monitor suspended precariously over my desk but not touching it. Nothing on my desk. Clean desk, right? And I've got this guy coming in and he's putting the mounts up. He nudges the monitor and those precarious screws fall out. Monitor smashes on the table big huge dent Ooh. on my beautiful desk. No. And then no. yeah. And and then I then I said, "You know what? Don't worry, it's my fault. Completely my fault. I should have secured it. I knew there was a chance this might happen. I wish I'd not taken that chance, but I have. Let me check that the monitor still works." And he goes, "Oh. So <laughs> so we plugged it in, turned it on, and there's huge LCD crack about a third of the Ooh. way across, makes it Ooh. completely unusable." So That upset me. And then I did what any sensible person does in such a situation. Yes. I felt a bit bad about it for about a day or two. Then I thought, oh, there's this Samsung 57-inch (laughs) ultra-wide that I've had my eye on. I deserve a treat. I deserve a treat. It's 240 hertz. I deserve to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) It's 7,680 pixels across. It is so wide. It's beyond wide. It's beyond ultra-wide. It's some other definition of wide that I've never experienced before. Anyway, let's not talk anymore about that. People can look up the monitor. It's absolutely obscene. It's everything people think it is. What it does, though, is it makes games like Cyberpunk and Modern Warfare and stuff like that
1: amazing. Oh, my God. Look at the look at the back of this yeah, thing back what What has got, like an wild. engine in the back? Yeah, what, yeah. What, <laughs> it looks <laughs> like it, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. What is
0: it? Oh, my it's God. Just an, it's just RGB, man. It's, it's, it's it just is, yeah, it's there. RGB. Yeah. It's
2: super curved as well. You yeah. know? It's got 1,000 uh, radius. So it's super curved. So it just wraps around your face like oh an alien God. hugger, you know? <laughs> and uh, it's beautiful and, and, and just bathes your face in light. And so Cyberpunk 2077 on this, I'll tell you what I first did. I, I tried it on max settings and I ran the benchmark. And then benchmark was like nine frames a second. And then I went <laughs> into the game and I was getting half a frame a second. So okay, max settings isn't going to cut it. So I went to minimum settings and got something like 25, 30 frames per second. But I restarted the game as a corpo this time. First time I played it, I played as a nomad. And it had those Deus Ex vibes. So immediately i'm like yeah yeah i like this i like this a lot so, so this is just a
0: 2.0 you, you haven't played phantom yeah, liberty yeah. i haven't yeah. no no i just
2: started again as a corpo
0: i want to play that that I, that I might have to jump in i've been hearing such good things about phantom liberty it's like right. i feel like i want to try it too because i think it was this year was it this year or last year that that Frederick and me and you play cyberpunk it was last year, wasn't uh, it? it? Was last year? I think it was last, it was last year. year. Last year, and though. I had a great time with it, and so yeah. I wouldn't mind uh, more of it. Um, but it's just so many games. But it, I, have you know, I've been hearing very good things about it, and so I want to try it, and I'm intrigued to see the changes. You know, like obviously, when when I played the game, I got in a, a kind of like a midway point, right? It was off like Netrunner update or whatever that added a bunch of stuff. But I know that they've also added a bunch of more stuff just for the regular game, like with some of the AI stuff and some of the things that you can do with your character and the specs and stuff. So I'm intrigued to see what changes are there for me, having not played it at the beginning, but played it more recently. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, it's convinced me to
2: get a proper gamer rig now. So um, as soon as I'm able, I'm going to get myself a really souped up PC, you know, build it myself, all of that. I have a, a, an NVIDIA... RTX 4080 what? sitting uh, in a box. Are you just mentioning casually like Shayan. that? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah.
1: Why do you yeah. have oh, that? Why do you have that but nothing to put it in? How does one have an RTX 4080
2: in a box? Um, uh, I I can tell you that offline at some point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you robbed someone. No, no, I didn't rob someone. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Anyway, uh, swiftly moving on. <laughs> Speaking of hardware, yes. Federico, hello.
1: That is me. <laughs>
0: so uh, Shahid, oh, we were yeah. recording connected yeah, yeah, yeah. yesterday, and yeah. uh, we have like a pro segment. And in the pro segment, Federico was talking a little bit about his ROG Ally and mm-hmm. the, the world that he has now found himself in. So tell us uh, everything. We have to talk yes. about a remaster too.
1: Yes. So the ROG Ally is the Steam Deck, basically made by ASUS, and it's a Windows handheld, it runs Windows, and but but it's a pretty similar device. You've seen these kind of devices over the past couple of years from the likes of Aya Neo that make like thirty different consoles, um, GPD, the Steam Deck, obviously, uh, all of these handhelds inspired by the Nintendo Switch, of course. And ASUS has now entered the fray, and Lenovo will at some point over the next few months, I guess. Uh, but ASUS, they have the ROG Ally, which is. Arguably amongst the the Windows based handhelds, the the most powerful one at the moment. But the reason is this why this is one with a really really huge screen. Yes, it's it's got a bigger screen uh, than the Steam Deck, and it's it's a it's one hundred and twenty hertz refresh rate, ten eighty p display. It's very nice and still LCD though, right? Still LCD,
0: not OLED, yeah, unfortunately. Well, I, I believe that there were rumors it was going to be an OLED display, and that, yeah, would, have world, just, yeah, oh that would have made
1: it just... That would have made an incredible, oh bike. no, it's LCD. Um, but the reason why I was intrigued by the Li is that it's... You can use it as a handheld, and it's the performance is uh, better than than a Steam Deck because it's got a newer generation, Ryzen uh, system on a chip. Um But the reason I was intrigued is that it supports this sort of modular ecosystem. And you know me, uh, I'm all for this kind of modularity. Like you buy a thing, but then you can buy accessories for it. And the reason why I went ahead and did it is that you can combine an eGPU with the ROG Ally. So Asus, they make this external GPU uh, called the XG Mobile that has a laptop version of the RTX 4090 inside. And this is a very... (laughs) Yeah, yes. 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 (laughs) Does it come with a liquid cooler? It's got a fan and and it spins up and it sounds like a little jet in your living room or under your desk. But this is a very... So this eGPU is a very compact device. I described it to Mike as, imagine like three iPad Airs stacked on top of each other. It's not too thick. It's got a kickstand. Obviously, you got to make it sit upright for airflow. It's got, a, a, it's got a, a fan inside. And it also serves, it's not just an eGPU. It also serves as a dock, as a docking station. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's got HDMI 2.1 out, display port out, an Ethernet port, a bunch of USB ports. So it supports passing graphics to the ROG LA when you want to dock it. But also other accessories. And that's nuts. Yes. It are you is. using it and to mine crypto as well or something? <laughs> <laughs> um, you probably so, could. Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. But um, so, the, and, and what's also fascinating is that it's not based on Thunderbolt. So you may be familiar with eGPUs that are based on the Thunderbolt standard. But Thunderbolt, and I mean, I'm coming from my previous setup. I was running an eGPU. I had uh, an RTX desktop version 3080 um, running off as an eGPU via Thunderbolt. And one of the limitations of Thunderbolt 3 and Thunderbolt 4, uh, Thunderbolt 5 is not going to be out until next year. Uh, It's the bottleneck that causes the essentially the graphics card not to be as performant as it could be with a PCI Express connection, which typically does have to the motherboard of the computer. Um, this connector of the ASUS eGPU, of the XG Mobile, it's based on PCI Express. It's funny, it,
0: it looks like a tiny PCI Express connector, which is funny. Like it, it, it The way that it's shaped,
1: like it, it looks yes. like someone just shrunk it. Yes, yes, and uh, for that reason, it has much better performance than um, than a Thunderbolt based eGPU. And based on the benchmarks that I've that I've done myself and that I've also seen online, you effectively lose um, ten to twelve percent performance of a standard uh, forty ninety laptop configuration. Not too bad. I was losing over thirty <laughs> percent with the Thunderbolt eGPU, wow. which is not great. Um, but this thing, so I can play any games from Steam or Game Pass, because this is Windows, in handheld mode. I'm using the ROG Ally in bed, or I'm just using it like, like a Nintendo Switch while I'm on the couch. But I also have this eGPU. And so I can just dock the ROG Ally under my TV, and I can play Cyberpunk, as I've done, or Starfield, like I did last night, uh, on my big, beautiful 65 inch OLED LG TV in the living room. Shade, I was playing, um, cyberpunk at ray tracing overdrive settings. Okay. With the ROG. Alarm. Oh my God. And We're the 49ers 4090- now. We're all, just and the, such we gamers. We're real
0: pro gamers
1: of our PCs. <laughs> Look I, at was us. Pl- I was playing that game, at ray tracing overdrive, which is the highest possible setting. Um, at a, a, on my 65-inch TV at 4K, and I got a solid 60 to 65 no! frames per second. I no, don't like talking held. to you about this. I don't. <laughs> this is not good what for me. Like held. I don't like hearing all of this because, like, I want this now. Yeah, it's it's an incredible piece of equipment. And the best part is, like, this, this eGPU, given the relatively compact size, um, and I, I say this because I've done this. Um, I don't want to play in the living room. Say I'm going to spend a weekend in the turbo visiting my mom. Yeah, I did it. I took it with me. Like I just toss it in a bag, and it's like having a chunky tablet with you, basically. Does it have power pass through? Yeah. So it charges your. Uh, it charges yeah. your your ROG Ally. Because as I'm
0: assuming that the Ally does not have great battery life.
1: Well, no, especially if you really want to push it. And the Ally has a setting where you can push the TDP to 30 watts, but only if it's connected to power. So you can only do the 30 watts if it's connected to power. I'm just assuming that, like, because the
0: Steam Deck doesn't have great battery life, but Valve have done everything they can to optimize it. The fact that this thing runs Windows, I I can't imagine they have the same level of optimization available to them.
1: Um, So... The last thing I will say to make you both jealous, I was spending a weekend not in Rome. So what I did, I grabbed my Tom Bean messenger bag and I took my ROG Ally, the eGPU, a power adapter, and my iPad Pro. And you may wonder, why the iPad Pro? Well, not because I, I needed to get work done, but because now with iPadOS 17, I can use the iPad Pro as a display. No!
0: <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> What have you <laughs> done to me? <laughs> oh, my God. I could, oh! That was such a... Oh, my
1: word.
0: Federico! <laughs> oh. wow.
1: So imagine yep. the portability of a Nintendo Switch ah. and an iPad with the performance of a desktop so gaming PC. I feel like I've seen t- I've seen images of you
0: doing this, and I kind of felt like, is he just doing this for fun? No, but no, I no. feel like I understand <laughs> it a bit more now, right? In that, yeah. like... You are plugging all of this stuff in and it's just there, but then you have mm. a like 13 inch display rather
1: than yep. an eight inch display yep. and it and you can play it all together mm, that oh, is and I mean and I mean if you have like I mean obviously given that the EGPU has HDMI out, yeah I mean be my guest, you can connect it to your parents TV. you can buy one of those portable HDMI monitors and just take one of those with you like you can do whatever you want. Uh, in this case, I just found it more convenient to use my iPad as a display, given that that's a thing you can do now. You're kind uh, of using it as like a portable,
0: small form factor gaming PC, right? Like,
1: yeah, you know. yeah,
2: yeah. Federico, do you remember back in COVID times there was this beautiful OLED monitor,
1: 17 I inch? It. You still have it? I still have mine. Does it work with that? Uh oh yeah, it does. Oh. I and I'll tell you this: I broke that monitor in my trip to WWDC. It, uh, I was stupid. I tossed it in my suitcase and there was too much oh, pressure on and, it. Yeah. And the screen cracked. As soon as I got home, I saw that it was broken. I went on Amazon.com and <laughs> bought another. Im- so that's the Seaforce fi- <laughs> 15.6 inches OLED display. Yeah. It does 4K 60. Um. It's it's, it's such a beautiful It's a Samsung uh, AMOLED Uh. It's display. beautiful, isn't it?
2: It's I beautiful. use it for my it's Steam Deck.
1: Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I just
2: have a battery pack on the back. I velcro it to the back of the screen,
1: oh, and that clever. powers
2: the screen. And it also gives some power to the Steam Deck if I need it. Yeah, and I'm good to go.
1: Yeah. Which so, one is it? The C Force what? C Force. Uh, it's I believe the size is 15.6 inches. Um, OLED, 4K, uh, 60 hertz. Yeah. That's how okay. I played Elden Ring last year. And, so, oh, so bottom yeah. line, how much
2: does this setup
1: cost? Way too much. I don't recommend <laughs> it. It's, it costs an eye, probably two eyes. Uh, no, don't. Do, well, here's my final word on this. Don't do what I did, which is for the sake of, you know, treating myself and also with the excuse of this becoming content for my podcasts and for Mac Stories. I was impatient and I bought it from an individual on eBay UK.
0: Oh,
1: wait, what part of it? All of it? No, 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 just the eGPU. Ah, just Um, the eGPU, okay. okay. The ROG Alley is like $700. Uh, It's a couple, uh, $200 more than a Steam Deck, I want to say. But don't do what I did with the eGPU because that individual, (laughs) they made some serious bank (laughs) with my purchase. Um, It's out of stock. Right now, right. it should be in stock again. In fact, I believe tomorrow, as we're recording this on September 30th, in some at some UK retailers and Best Buy in the United States, uh, I believe the restocking date was the end of the month. So, still though, I should say I don't
0: say. need to know that piece of information. Oh, oh okay.
1: I I won't tell you the price. Look it up. Um, yeah, no, I I, feel I, do, that... I just
0: don't need to know that it's back in stock. Okay. Okay.
1: Well, it's. I mean, it's a forty ninety. In, yeah. a, in a in an eGPU um, and there's a markup from Asus obviously um, yeah. it's expensive but I'm also also like I'm good for the next several years mm-hmm. so yeah I love it